Hello everyone. Welcome to the third episode of Outlier Detected, a podcast brought to you by the Data Science Institute Student Council at Columbia University, which is exclusively dedicated to individuals with stories in data science that stand out. I am Dashanj, a member of the council and a current graduate student at Columbia University. I'm very excited to host today's episode. So let's get started. In the previous episode, we talked about artificial intelligence and art. Today, we'll take a step at a few of the different roles that exist in the data science space and also explore its entrepreneurship aspect. This time, we don't have one, but two extremely talented and accomplished guests, Ashay Jain and Kirti Agrawal. So please welcome Ashay and Kirti. Hello. Hey, thanks for having us. It's always a pleasure to connect back to the DSI community. Yeah, the pleasure is all ours. So uh, to give a brief introduction, uh, Arshay and Girti are peer alumni from the class of 2017 of Masters in Data Science program at Columbia University. After graduating, both of them worked for Spotify for three years and have recently founded a data science and machine learning consulting firm called Augment.ai. So, uh, Ashay and Kirti, would you like to introduce yourself further and share your background and maybe even tell why you got interested in data science? Sure. Sure. You want to start? Yeah, sure. Uh, hey guys, so I'm Kirti. Uh, I'm a 2017 grad at uh, Deshaun said. Um, yeah, I mean, before coming to Colombia, I was working in India. I worked here for almost two years, exploring this different aspects. Um, and when I was working in India, I realized um, I wanted to get more exposure on data science and machine learning technologies. And one of the reasons I got motivated was because of my mentors and they were always pushing me one step ahead. And um, I started looking for opportunities and exposures. And I came across this amazing program at Columbia and decided to apply for it. Um, biggest motivation actually was to get exposed to the amazing machine learning and AI work that is going on in US and across the world. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was my motivation to pursue this. Sounds right. Yeah, so for me, for me, I think like you covered most of the part around DSI in Colombia, but to go a little bit back, where this started was around the final year of my undergrad education, which was apparently in manufacturing and automation. So like nothing to do with data science or even computer science. So I was, and I tried a bunch of things. Like I tried get, getting into coal manufacturing, which was not super interesting. And then I got into robotics towards my final third, later third year and fourth year. And that's when I got introduced to like these algorithms and data science and then it picked up. So, and then I started off with like some business analytics consulting work for a year in India, but I wanted to get into core data sciences. So then I, then I pursued the master's program and, and you guys know the rest. Yes, that sounds absolutely wonderful. I mean, uh, I have seen your, both of your profiles and I've seen that mostly it is very similar. Like after undergrad, both of you work for two years and after that, you started your Columbia journey and after Columbia journey, you worked at Spotify and even after that, you opened your form. So uh, it's really interesting. That's but, uh, a really good observation, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. So actually one thing that both of you have different is your roles. So Arshi is a machine learning engineer while Keithy worked as a data scientist. And you know, when uh, many newcomers come to this field, they often come across this roles like machine learning engineer, then data analyst, then data scientist, then so on. And they often wonder what each of this these entails. So my first question uh, would be like, uh, can you describe your role in a little bit detail and how it differs from, you know, other roles? Sure. Yeah, that sounds, uh, I can take a stab at it. So first, first thing, right? Like, I think there is no like industry-wide definition of these roles. They vary a lot across industry. So particularly talking about tech, they create a differentiation between data scientists and machine learning engineers. But if you go into say finance and other places, data science, the roles are pretty much mingled. And I think like in tech, uh, I see the core difference being at, at your point of impact. So if you're a data scientist, you usually drive product decisions and like product strategy. So you would do analytics and understand the data, mostly understanding historical data, and then giving product direction into what we should do next. And if you're an MLE, then you're more on the engineering side. And then your impact is on the product, on the user most of the times. So we, like as an MLE, I build products which the end user was using. So I would train ML models and then deploy them, which could be in real time setting or in a, in a batch prediction setting, but all of them would eventually get into the hands of the user in some form. So I think that's where like the core differentiation happens and then in order to do those, the kinds of roles and the tech stack we use also differ a lot and, and we can go into it. But does that make sense? Yeah, or, uh, I totally agree with Arshe. And just to add to this, even within like data scientist job, there could be multiple roles that you can play. So when I joined Spotify, I was doing a lot of predictive modeling work. Uh, but at some point I started looking for um, working more with user related products. And uh, I started working with this team voice in personalization. And there the role is totally different where you are working with PMs, engineers, designers, and helping them make uh, a strong case of why we need to do this and why not this, uh, helping them with experimentations and finally helping them take the higher level product strategy decisions. Uh, so I guess, uh, as Arsha said, it's not a properly defined definition on any of these. It differs a lot, but I would say, uh, yeah, I mean, whenever you go out and, you know, look at a data scientist position, just look at the job description as well and not just the name. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So actually, would you say like uh, machine learning engineering is a, uh kind of more inclined towards, you know, software development or it borrows a lot of principles from the software developing. Yeah, totally. I think like if you want to get down the path of being a machine learning engineer, you cannot shy away from writing code. And that would actually be maybe like 80% of your job. Though I would say you, you're probably not writing the similar you're not writing the same code as a core backend or a front-end front engineer is writing, but you're still expected to generate that production grade quality. And, and, you know, like to maybe go a little bit more into how 
how that works is really, for example, if you're working at the scale of Spotify, your data is not gonna fit into a system or a pre-processing step, which could fit into a notebook. So firstly, even if you want to get training data for your model, you have to run like a distributed data pipeline. And there are like various technologies and tools out there. I have used Beam, which is based on both Java and Python. At Spotify, had their own internal tool based on Scala. So you know that you have to be open to learning any new programming language or any new tool which comes your way. And usually, bigger companies have pretty strong opinions on how they how they define a data pipeline, or they have like specified standards which you got to follow. So there's a lot of support, you know, you get a lot of support from software engineers, but you, you cannot say that, oh, I'm only going to work in a notebook and not after that. So, you know, you got, you have, once you have that big data, you got to convert it into a training data set. Then you got to train your model, which would again happen on the cloud. So you have to be able to convert your Python scripts into deployable models. And like they, it would usually work like Spotify was mostly Google cloud. So. You know, we use a lot of AI platform and those kinds of services where you have a Python package, you convert it into a Docker container, deploy it, and then you can run it. At scale, you can do distributed computing, use GPUs, you gotta do all of that. So, you know, that requires skills beyond just a Jupyter notebook. And then it doesn't end there really, because even if you have a model, now you gotta put it into the product. Right? Like for example, I worked on a, a model which is trying to predict that what is the right time to show an ad to a user. Now, if you're trying to do that, then your model has to make predictions in real time for millions of users who are using the app together. So you got to deploy it into a backend service. Now in that setting, like you would have a lot of software engineering support or like backend engineers who are running the service, but you still have to be able to adjust it, modify it, understand that code and fit your model into a piece of it. So like modeling will be one part of that entire chain. So you don't have to worry about all of that, but at least you got to worry about the model. But, I, and I think like there's a lot of tooling coming out these days around MLOps and serverless, which you could use, but mostly in bigger companies, they have pretty strong opinions about how they do things. So you got to follow them and you cannot say no to those things. Okay. So you, sh you are not expected to be a complete software engineer, but you should at least be comfortable and not fear away from coding or learning new languages. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I think one other follow up to Kirti is that, uh, I have seen that, uh, you know, data science, data science positions could be industry specific. Like, uh, do you feel like there's a skill difference between, you know, data science in being an IT company versus data science being in finance company? Uh, yes, def definitely. I mean, um, I, as I said before, uh, the roles are very much different across the industry and across the domain. If you are in finance, you might be as a data scientist making the trading models and those kind of things. Um, but in a product company, you might not be doing a lot of modeling. You are working more on uh, product strategies and trying to help the uh, team make the decisions, doing the experimentations um, and a lot of core research uh, work. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, from my experience, given that I have worked in different kinds of domains, uh, I have realized that you know there is not a very uh, common definition and common job description across these. 
Okay, that sounds fair. So I think like also to add to that, yeah. you know, like to give you a practical example, for example, after Colombia, I was interviewing for multiple jobs. So I had an offer from this company called Octane Lending, and they were like they're trying to uh, they were trying to make insurance or like lending decisions in real time. So they had their models running in a web interface, and you instantly get you instantly uh, get a decision on whether you're getting a loan or not. And there, my role, uh, the offer I had was of a data scientist, but I was expected to do everything. And then my intern, I interned at Boxed again. There, they also offered me a data science intern, but I actually intentionally like asked them to change the title to machine learning engineer intern so that it's actually clear around what I'm doing. And I can, you know, it helps me in applying to tech companies. So, you know, like all these things happen and, and you know, <laughs> you got to work around your things. Okay. I see like there's no consensus even among the companies, like what constitute as a data scientist or even a machine learning engineer. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So uh, like, uh, okay. So you guys have like plenty of experience working as either machine learning engineer or data scientist. So I wonder like, uh, could you talk about one of your most interesting projects that you have worked on? I guess I would start, um, th this was my first project at Spotify and um, it was more related to time series forecasting of user growth, some of the financial numbers. And um, it was the first time for me working um, in the real setting, you know, when you come out of academy and go to industry, then you realize, okay, whatever you learned, it's uh, time to apply it and learn more, learn new things as well. Um, and I was working on uh, the project. It Generally, when, when we are in academia, we get the structured data, we get everything sorted out, the data has been collected, it's structured, and you, you just have to learn how to fit a model, a good model through it, and what kind of features are there. But when you actually go into real life problems, then um, first of all, it took me like two months to collect the actual data that I could use to do the time series forecasting. So this was like bigger, biggest challenge because in such an organization, there are so many teams collecting different kinds of data and you need to figure out, okay, where is the campaign data? Okay, where is this data? And where is that data that you can use? Um, which I never realized when I was in Colombia that, okay, this process might take that much time. So it was challenging, but you learn a lot from it is that, you know, not everything is, given you the way that you just have to put the model and you know get away with it um so that was quite challenging and working with different kind of models talking to different kind of teams how this model can affect their team's performance and those kind of things um i think it was the first project it was quite challenging and uh at the end it was really good because i get to network with so many people at spotify and uh, the output was good. Everything was working fine. So, um, yeah, I would say that was quite a learning experience for me. <laughs> yeah, that sounds wonderful. And how about you, Arshay? Do you have? Yeah, I think I think you know, like more than interesting. I would say like some. It, it almost was baffling to me when I was working on this project. I mean, this is most of my time at Spotify was working on ad personalization. And so there, like just looking at the system, right? like you got to make an ML prediction, but there is so much which goes on after that prediction before it is actually served to a user that 
the delta around, even if you increase your model accuracy by say 5%, you may not actually get any tangible gain in the, in the business metric, like click rate, because like there are so many other constraints, like, Oh, now we need, we have these many ads. This ad is finishing its, its cycle. It's about to end. We have to serve these many impressions within the next month because we have a compliance on it. So, you know, like there are so many factors which go on top of an ML model before a decision is made that really, if you want to impact the click rate using just the ML model, it sometimes becomes impossible. And that's why we, we decided to split our teams into two factors, two parts, which is like a four member team working on the product on this, on the model and a four member team working on just the decisioning after the model prediction. And, and then I intentionally chose to jo- choose to join that team because I wanted to understand, you know, how that really works. And, and like, it was super interesting. Like we spent, end up spending just one quarter refactoring our backend service so that we can change that logic because those logics would seldom be just hard coded into the system and some weird rules. So we had to like spend a full quarter so that we can include, include, you know, like that into our AB testing framework. And so, I mean, it was just like super interesting to know. And you have to, again, I'm going to repeat myself, but you have to be open to these kinds of situations and these kinds of problems if you want to become an emergency. Okay. Yeah. That sounds interesting too. Mm, it's really inspiring the work that you guys do. Okay. So actually one more question, like, uh, I think you mentioned some of the tools before. So I wonder like, uh, Ashley, like what are the tools that you use as an ML engineer? So the tools again, you know, like we, we use like, for example, Docker is a, is we don't do anything without Docker. That's a pretty basic standard one, Docker, Git, and uh, what, uh, you know, obviously cloud some cloud Docker kit, which you get very little experience actually in school around these things. And you, you tend to do a lot of pair programming, software engineering practices, like tests, writing tests for your code and writing integration tests. And, and like, how do you make sure if you, if you train your model in a notebook, when you put it into production, how do you make sure it's giving you the right answer? Like it may not fail. It's still going to give you a probability, but it has to be the same one as you got in the Python environment. So like, how do you make, how do you write a test to ensure that? So, you know, like the, all those, all those, uh, interesting concepts and principles come into play, which, which would, which would, and you know, it would enrich you, but also baffle you at the same time. And, uh, what about you, Kirti? I mean, data scientists would do more than just analysis. They have to, you know, get the data out of databases, warehouse, then do explore, exploratory data analysis and visualization, then perform some tests and so on. So what kind of tools other than Python and R do you use? Along with what you mentioned, Python, uh, Jupyter Notebooks, uh, visualizations, uh, we do use a lot of BigQuery, uh, to get the data and along with all these, our data scientists at Spotify work very, very closely with user researchers. So we work, we also work with the platforms like Quicksilver, Qualtrics to figure out how to launch the campaign, what kind of users are going to get, which kind of campaign, and then 
basically use a mixed modeling approach where you combine the quantitative and qualitative data together to figure out the overall user behavior, which is very important at Spotify because if someone is saying, okay, in the survey, I dislike this feature, we really, really want to know why do you dislike this feature. And, th and that's why we combine that with the quantitative data to get the whole picture. Uh, so this is something which is helping uh, Spotify a lot in improving their products, especially the newly launched products, because sometimes you don't understand the user expectation the way you think you can. Um, so these are uh, mostly the tools uh, that that we use uh, in day to day. Okay, that okay, that sounds interesting. Like I haven't heard of many of the tools that you name, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I assume like uh, you know many of these tools you might have learned through your job and not before, um, before, you know, in while your program at Columbia. So like, uh, if you have to recommend someone, anything, your tool or technology trending right now to someone who, who is just searching for internship or job, uh, like, is there any recommendation for them? I would say for a data scientist position, uh, not particularly a tool, but uh, we don't learn a lot about experimentations when we are uh, in academia in the program. And a lot of people expect you to know about a lot of hypothesis testing, uh, what kind of solutions, uh, significance, and p-value, and those kind of stuff. We learn those stuff, but we don't combine it with the product uh, while in academia. Uh, so a lot of case studies uh, that we ask are related to that in terms of, okay, if we have to run this kind of experiment, how would you go ahead and, you know, uh, do that? And a lot of responses that we have seen is like, people generally do not know a lot about it. Um, and I would say, this is one of the very important factors while interviewing for a data scientist is how much you can tell about experimentation. Even if you haven't done anything uh, before in terms of a real, launching a realistic experiment, but you need to have that kind of statistical knowledge to work as a data scientist and doing all the experimentation stuff. Okay. And Arshi, do you have any? From, I would say like just know Git and Docker would take you a long way. And, and just like basic software engineering principles, like writing object-oriented programming and and testing. So, you know, if you're exposed to some of those things, it, it would definitely help. Okay, thanks for the recommendation. So uh, to end the Spotify section, I want to like ask like one final question. That is, um, how was your day-to-day -day life like in Spotify and how was your overall experience? Okay, so <laughs> I guess I can go. Um, my day-to-day -day life was actually before pandemic. I don't want to talk after pandemic <laughs> because there, there is a lot of difference. But when we used to be in office, um, we used to start with like a couple of hours of working uh, on some of the core research work that you're doing. And then most of the afternoons used to go in the meetings, talking to PMs, making product strategies, talking about new feature launches, 
talking about experimentation strategies uh, so that was most of my days like you you have at least you have mo at most 3 hours to work and next 5 hours you are in the meetings um so yeah that that was mostly it i think like for me i would say it varied over times but as i grew again uh, it was not that different for me pre and post pandemic but for for me it's going to be mostly around a day of stand up so first thing in the morning you go there you discuss what you've done you make a plan for the day and then i i did a lot of like pair programming so you would work with your co, co engineers and you're working on a working on some some feature or some pr by pr i mean like a pull request in in github so if you're working on a pr then you got sometimes you got to work together you just like sit on the same computer and then one person is coding other person is just discussing you take turns pairing because sometimes you are senior and you want to guide the other person so that they can take it up next time or you know there could be multiple reasons to do pair programming and that easily would take like an hour or two hours or sometimes more of that and after that i think like we also we also did a lot of pr review so as part of an ml engineer no code goes in which is, like every code which goes in has to be looked at by at least two people so like one person who's writing the code and one more person at least if not more so you know then you would spend an hour or so looking at other people's pr which have to be merged and you know we, so that the code gets shipped out so that there would time go in there we would obviously have a lot of meetings you would be surprised at how many meetings we had so to reduce our number of meetings itself so you know like this going to be all around planning and and the more senior you get the more you have to start involving in in those plannings and strategic kind of meetings as compared to when you were earlier in your career so you know i think i think that was fun and then one thing good at spotify is like there were a lot of training opportunities so all the technologies that you want to use there there is some training for it which is like maybe a week long or sometimes it's like an ongoing thing so you know like we 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 would spend some time of our week doing that as well okay your experience sounds amazing and okay uh, one more thing is yeah sure three day is a myth <laughs> yeah yeah like we so meeting three days basically like since we had so many meetings and everyone would complain we don't have time to work like there would be sometimes spotify level mandates that wednesday is no meeting day for the r&d team but still you know like i mean we in engineering we would enjoy that people <laughs> seldom would you know break that but i think for the not for product people not no. for product <laughs> <laughs> okay even though it may sound hectic it's almost like sounds really, really fun and interesting so like you had like an amazing experience at spotify uh, but however you decided to you know come back to india and found your own data science and machine learning consulting firm so i want to know like what was your um, inspiration behind this so i would go i think for me personally i think it probably varies a little bit but for me i when i went to the us that was always the plan to come back and you know do something of my own it's partly because you know my entire family is in business my dad has a business a traditional indian business everyone i know is doing business so you know i always had that passion of doing something of my own i don't like i don't really like to work for others 
my core reason behind going to us was education and the experience so that i can start something of my own so that was the biggest you know biggest biggest thing and and like why and yeah one more thing is around like you know spend staying together with family and you know we are as indians inherently social people and i think like it's like it varies for different people it like varies by individual but you have different social experiences in the us you know and and then i just missed i just missed what i had here that's why i wanted to come back <laughs> uh for me i guess it was more around so i'm i'm a person who is like most of the time active on linkedin just looking into what's happening in india listening to indian news living in us um so i had a lot of uh, i came across a lot of things that are going on in india and people are doing a lot of good stuff um and that was a good motivation for me given that this is like my country no visa issues nothing um i have the flexibility to do whatever i want and uh, given that india is booming with some of the really good fintech startups healthcare startups and what not um and that was the biggest motivation is like if i go back to india i have the opportunity to actually explore some of these options and do something of my own um and i think we both aligned uh in the same direction and that made us take the decision to come back yeah i think that was kind of always the plan we were just trying to pace it out yeah and i think like we got married maybe 2 years after colombia and then and then you know we that was always kind of the plan in the in the back of our mind that oh when do we want to plan or move back and i think the pandemic kind of changed our plans a little bit but you know uh but we were pretty clear on that from the get go okay yeah cool so uh was there like any benefit in starting your startup in india versus us like is there an opportunity in india better mm. are you go okay yeah so i think like, so it's not just about opportunity i think if you want to start something in tech probably us is more more friendly but being an international you know being an international citizen there are visa constraints for example on h1b you know you cannot you're not allowed to do something of your own you have to be part of a company who can sponsor you so you know that is one and then i mean we were on f1 visa i think like we were pretty clear we want to go back so we didn't even get we didn't even like you know get our h1b's approved but still uh but still even if we had those we would not be able to do it one secondly like doing it in the us is like a lot a lot higher living costs and you know that like you can burn through your savings pretty quickly and india provides you a little safer familiar environment to work and then and you know even after a stressful you know like starting something up could be super stressful so you have family and you have other you know a lot of other things which you can use to distract your mind away from away from is times when you fail so you know there is there is a lot of factors and more than that i think a, a a third thing would be around definitely opportunity even though us is the is the best place but in india things are growing really really well the startup ecosystem is really nice and and i think like you can if you want to do something there is ample opportunity ample funding opportunity like literally like you know as soon as i i changed my linkedin profile from spotify to agman.ai like there was like 
investors just like reaching out to you from the you know from their side oh what are you doing we are inter interested in learning more about you and so you know there's like i was just like super surprised to see that and i didn't even know that before i came but you know like this is something super cool plus you you tend to be like slightly maybe you know you you've been in the states and you you've had an international experience so then you kind of stand out among a lot of things which have which are happening in india so that also helps helps a little bit sometimes yep yeah that's amazing hmm. actually i i thought that you know uh, i was of the mind that data science is relatively newer in india it might be common in the urban cities but considering whole india i think it's relatively new and uh, we have seen like software engineering consultancy companies in india like tcs and wipro and so on but uh, you know a consultancy company that focuses on data science and machine learning is also relatively new so i thought like that would be like greatest you know attracting factor for you Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are companies we know, like a lot of companies that exist and doing good in this domain. But you know, uh, this is an ever-growing thing. Um, there are a lot of companies which are looking for the help with setting up their machine learning models, the deployment, and those kind of stuff. And sometimes they either don't want to spend that much on a full-time role and looking for something short-time. So there, there are a lot of opportunities in. this domain so definitely yeah yeah i think like uh, you know to add to that definitely you're right that there is less supply but that's good and uh, there i would also say that you know like selling those services in india is still not that mature so you know we have been mostly focused on the on the west when we try to find clients and when we try to you know like sell our services because that's where the real value is still if you if you think about you know most of the companies in india they're not using their data properly and un, un, unless they are like you know the data stuff coming tech companies you know we we had a couple we've had a couple of conversations with indian companies as well but most of our outreach has been you know directed towards the towards the west okay yeah that sounds fair so um so could you like tell us about what augment.ai is and what do and what roles are you taking up in this startup sure so um we co-founded this company in uh, 2020 october when we came back from states and uh, earlier we through some contacts we took some clients and started working uh, but uh this year we got really active and have started reaching out to people and in that the roles are mostly uh depends on what kind of project we are getting what kind of uh, involvement is required because i'm still working with spotify as a contractor so i can't give a lot of time working on these projects uh so arsha has been handling most of those clients um I have started a little bit of scaling up, so business scaling and that kind of work, talking to more people to understand their needs, um, and trying to see where can we fit properly, um, and that has been um, 
our roles and responsibilities um, going ahead. Uh, that's what we are trying to do is talking to more people, trying to understand if we fit in Indian startup ecosystem as well. Uh, but yeah, anything to add, Arshan? Yeah, I think like, you know, it's important to kind of, maybe we should have clarified this earlier. I think like our idea is one, we, we, this is not, this is kind of, it feels like a stopgap solution. We are doing consulting for now, but the idea is to do this, feel the market and then figure out what kind of products we can make. So, you know, we don't plan to be a traditional strategic consulting kind of a company. And, and we are pretty clear that that is not even now, like we don't take that kind of projects. Like we have been offered things like, Hey, can you do this analysis for us and give us one time, but we mostly focus on tactile projects where we can take a machine learning model and we deploy it into a product. So, you know, like we, we still want to stick, stick, stick our roots to the ML ops and ML deployment and not just, you know, ad hoc analysis and data science. So that, that is the kind of clients that we have been targeting and that is the kind of work we've been accepting. And I think like, you know, it's still pretty early on. I think just like start of this year was pretty much when we got active last year. I was just taking it easy after coming back. I took the rest of four months off. I think KT was mostly just working on Spotify stuff. So, you know, like it's only been like, you know, five months since we have been active. We have got, we've been fortunate to get two, three clients, which have kind of come and gone some long term. One of them is like ongoing. One of them, it just came, we did it for three months, then we deployed and then it was out. So, you know, we are doing a multiple things. We're also thinking around what kind of products we can build, for example, like right now, like hiring in India is a big challenge. Like as we think about scaling, we have to figure out, oh, like what kind of people can we hire? And when I start to talk to people and understand what's what's really here, I think it, I'm finding it really hard to get those people for unless like if if we, I find the right fit, then they are like really experienced people and like really expensive, which I cannot afford. So, you know, we're also thinking around training, like, we can hire people and train them and even potentially just like this ml ops and ml deployment training could be useful in general so you know we've been taking a mix of product and consulting and we'll see where it takes us but you know it's still too early to say you know where this is headed okay yeah cool so uh right now does your company is your company facing any competition fears something like that I would say it's too early to say. <laughs> there are definitely a lot of other players in this domain who are uh, who have US clients, Singapore clients, and all over the world. I would say, and and it's not a competition because there is a lot of supply and need for this kind of work. Um, so I don't think there exists this sharp competition that if you can exist, IP cannot exist. Right? Both the things can exist and run in parallel uh, yeah <laughs> i mean i won't say there's like this huge yeah i agree i think like you know also we, we are a little too early to you know like because we have kind of been we have just like one data scientist who's working for us full time so we're just like a team of three right and we only take up projects through first connections you know we, we have not tried to just do strong marketing and you know like get our word our name out there and try to get clients we have mostly been like you know taking a little bit slower steps towards figuring out what we want to do and how we want to take it forward 
like most the clients we have had right now have mostly been through like friends of friends and you know that they are that kind of network not really any marketing or okay but uh, would you say like uh, if you had started in us the competition would have been much fiercer than in india uh maybe maybe i i think like yeah i i'm not sure if you know like i i think the, this kind of setting probably doesn't work in the us because you know like what the what is our value add right like if we if we were in the us our price pricing would be much higher so unless we can create a product which solves a general problem it's hard to just run an ml consulting thing in the us right now what we we have kind of we are targeting startups which have money but you know not, not like a lot of money and they're looking for like a quarter kind of a you know a quarterly engagement where you come in for 2 3 months do that job and you're done so but i i think like i think you would face competitions both ways if we go if we decide to go route down the consulting route you know stronger we are pretty sure we will end up facing a lot more competition than we do right now and but yeah let's see time will tell i guess <laughs> yeah yeah that's a fair point so uh so before concluding could you um, like if you had the opportunity to go back and do something differently then what would would it be I'll go first. <laughs> okay, so I think one of the thing I realized quite later on after graduating from Columbia was we used to have so many classes going on across the campus, and you have a lot to gain. You have to you have a lot to uh, you know learn uh, in that scenario. So that one and a half year is like really really important for your future and. Uh, what i missed was just go into any class sit there learn what's going on and you know see uh, what all they teach there so i think i never did that and uh, i know some people who actually got engaged like that and i was like okay maybe that is a good opportunity when you're in columbia to just try these things out and see if you like something out of your curriculum you know and uh, Yeah, if given a chance, I would definitely like to do that. <laughs> I think, like for me, I would say, I, I I had my fair bit of experimentation at Columbia, but you know, like for me, I think, I think I would I would probably try to work at a smaller company. So you know, like when I was graduating from Columbia, I was kind of in that at that space whether I should join a startup or you know much smaller company. where where i would learn things from ground up versus company like spotify where there would be already already like preset infrastructure and like you know a lot of already good base to work on so you know you 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 are more efficient but then you don't learn how how to work from scratch but i think like pulum uh, sorry like spotify ended up being a good trade off because their ml infrastructure was like really really just starting to build out when i joined and i was able to actually contribute a lot to it so that was good but i i think like if i would change something would be like maybe for one year i would just like leave spotify and work for a startup from the very ground up and and get that experience which i'm now now getting with consulting but it would have been fun to you know do that in the us yeah yeah 
Yeah, that sounds very true and inspiring. So finally, like, do you have any advice to the people who are, you know, fresh incoming graduates or the young entrepreneurs who are trying to break into data science space? Uh, yeah, um, for the people who are trying to look into different internships or full-time roles in data science, I would say this, as we discussed, right, this is not a very defined uh, area across like US, even in India and other parts. Uh, but read through the job description very carefully, uh, try to understand what uh, this role involves what kind of thing you are particularly interested in and if that matches your expectation. Um, and uh, like, don't have this thinking in your mind, okay, data science means this and, you know, uh, MLE, machine learning means this. So th that's one thing. And uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think like for me, again, I would just repeat my standard advice around have like clear expectations around when you're joining industry, you would be expected to do a lot more than just ML and data science. So be ready to do that and, and like try to get experience around these tools. If you want to work in like MLE position in tech, like try to get this exposure to Docker and Git, because I think like, even if you do an internship, like these systems are so much complicated that even to our interns, we would generally not expose them to this it's not to, enough to the, time it's not enough it. time for them to onboard onto this and actually create value and and we don't expect interns to create real value but like even feel good about finishing a project end to end so we try to involve them partially and you know give them projects which are like good to have generally help them get a data set and just like do ml so like even if you intern somewhere you would kind of feel like most of the job is doing ml but that would not be true if you start working full time so, you know, like try to get exposure to Git, Docker, all these tools, wherever you can. And I think like, secondly, you also mentioned around like entrepreneurs who are trying to get into the DS space. I, so from my experience, right, like I think like starting something in DS as a consulting, as a B2B kind of an engagement is, is it tends to be really hard because I actually tried something in Colombia, you know, like during Colombia internship time, I actually did not intern at any company. I started a company with like three other DSI folks. I don't know if you know, like Andrew, Carl, myself and Brett, we were like four people. We started this company, Metrics Labs, we called it. And then we were trying to help hospital management, like improve their administrative work and like use ML AI to, you know, be better, more efficient. But we realized right, that, you know, B2B sales and getting client data is extremely, extremely hard. There is so much scrutiny these days around data security. If there's a leak, it costs millions of dollars. And recently I was working with the, helping a friend on a startup and we are trying to get client data and there are like so many compliances. They gave us like a hundred pager checklist, which we need to fulfill, which is like, you know, almost impossible for a startup to do. So when you try to, if you think about getting into this data science b2b space like think very carefully and and like you know like just try to feel it a little bit before going all in into it so yeah gdpr yeah. is like the data um, privacy and those kind of things have picked up a lot in i would say a couple of years and be very very sure with any of the 
startup you're doing is, how your data is, where your data is, and who is using your data. I think that's one of the biggest things these days. Okay, yeah, that's, uh, that's very fair advice. And uh, since we are at the end, so I would just like to say like, thank you very much for joining us. It has been a real pleasure to have this conversation with you. And also I wish you good luck for your startup. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. And we loved talking about Colombia again. Uh, Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. I I hope this is useful for the folks who listen to it. Yeah, definitely. It will definitely be useful. Awesome.